Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in fantasy football. Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. We're going to take you right into episode 41. Continuing on with our expertly named Division Town series, heading into that chock-a-block full of good stuff AFC. We're starting a little slow with the AFC South. But definitely some good stuff to talk about. Still some juicy content that myself and Mike are going to run through for you guys. Give our general review of the division and the teams that lurk within, such as the Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans, and the Indianapolis Colts. You know, it's funny, with one half of the Division Town series completed, it sort of begs the question, what will we be talking about once the series has concluded? Well, that's something we're going to have to figure out, I'm sure. But if you're listening to this and you have any sort of suggestions on what you would like to hear us talk about, please let us know. We are opening up more and more the different channels that you can support us on, Listen to the show on, we uploaded episode 40 to our new YouTube channel. You can find us there at youtube.com slash at ffrpgpod. Or if you are on that funny bird app, uh, Twitter, you can find us at ffrpgpod. Always looking for feedback, guys. This is a fun show to record. I love making it with all of my good pals, but I also want it to be a fun listening experience for you guys at home. So if there's anything you want to hear, anything you think we can do better, if you want the Spotify for podcasters ad to be longer, if you want me to tack on a few minutes to that bad boy, please let me know. We are always willing to adjust and try to do better to make it a better show. Or if you're just liking what you're hearing, likes, comments, subscribes, views, all that stuff really, really helps. And we'll continue to help this show to reach as high as it possibly can. There's obviously a great litany of different fantasy football podcasts and shows to watch and listen to. And I am very, very appreciative of anyone that lends their ears to this one in particular. So thank you. I will say if you want a more direct dialogue with me or Mike or Evan or Eric, or really any of the really cool cats that are a part of RPG Nation, the best way to chat with us all is by joining the Discord. There's always going to be a link to join our community discord in the episode description so if you have a discord and you would like to come and join the family please do so we would love to see you there but enough of me blathering on about social medias i'm sure you would love to take the next few minutes to hear me blather on about our sponsor spotify for podcasters after which we will take you right into the app as always thank you so much for listening and please do enjoy this podcast.
can even just like sing your ABCs or something. Like, let me know how it's going. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna do that. I'll sing you something else. That is, I mean, if you have any Adele songs you really want to sing, I'm all ears. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe next time <laughs> on the Adele songs. No, I, I'll sing you, uh, I'll sing you a little lullaby. Perfect. <laughs> all right. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. I just finished a round of golf. My buddy shot under 90, which made me just feel terrible. And I shot barely under 100, which is amazing for me. So we both had a good time. Uh, got the wife and I. It's this weird little, like, super small golf course where you can get tacos at the turn, beers at the turn. It's, like, attached to a brewery and a taco stand. So the vibes are good there. Yeah, uh, Shaka Taco slash Ironclad, they're uh, they're good. But so you uh, you load up on tacos before the podcast? I tried to. I had a protein shake for breakfast, and I was just fighting demons on the golf course because <laughs> you can't play golf without drinking at least seven to twelve beers. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, how do you not get down on tacos though? How do you like? That's yeah. I couldn't do it. How do you restrain yourself from? A good taco. I had a quesadilla and a taco, and Olivia had two tacos and a bowl of rice. But it's still, I'm a 6'3", 245 guy. If the Washington Commanders are looking for a tight end, I got you. But uh, how are you? How's how's work been? What's up? Oh yeah, man, it's it's going all right. You know, we're we're right now into like kind of the busier season at my job, so it's a little hectic week to week, but. You know, we're getting through. It's making the weeks go by real fast. So that's nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, new dog is coming into her own. She's she's getting a little more uh, personable, letting us, like, pet her yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, that's going oh, that's pretty good. Cool. Yep, yep. Was she a rescue or was she a bye? Mm-hmm. She was a rescue, yeah. So she, yeah. she has a sad story. She uh, came from, like, a hoarding situation and uh was was taken from the people that had her that were just basically like letting their dogs breed nonstop, and they had like 20 of them in there and so uh she got put in the shelter with like her eight other brothers and sisters and they all got adopted and then she got adopted twice and brought back to the shelter because she's like super shy like she she doesn't like people she doesn't want people to touch her at all um and so people were impatient with her and they just kept bringing her back and so she was like a little traumatized from all that understandably so but once we learned her old story like we were like okay yeah let's let's take her home and give her a, yeah. a good place so but yeah she's she's starting to sleep next Dude. to me at night and stuff it's, it feels nice. good yeah that's that's amazing this is your message to adopt don't shop don't shop uh you can hop on to any there's pet finder there's just google dogs for adoption near me there are all of these opportunities to find dogs that need homes that aren't the like ASPCA superbred amazing dogs, but they're cool dogs with cool stories that need a home. So adopt, don't shop. 100%, man. 100%. I, we've adopted all of our animals. We're up to two dogs and two cats now. Um, I even have a snake. That's awesome. So just a house, nice. a house is a zoo right now. So, <laughs> uh, but it's a good time. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to shift the tone a little, like down a little bit. I got a message from my brother. He's still living with our childhood dog. So one has already gone on buddy, amazing dog. He was a border collie adopted him when we were, when my dad was deployed actually. Uh, and then we adopted boo when my parents split a little pit bull. She's amazing. Loves the family protects her with Everything she has, like if somebody comes in the door, she's immediately like, stop right there. I need to make sure that you're okay. And we say, hey, Boo, she's fine. And then all of a sudden, Boo is your best friend. She's probably only got a couple of weeks left. So oh, man, uh, it's just, it's part of getting older and part of growing up. But yeah, again, adopt, don't shop. Yeah, it's right. I mean, you you can be, you know, looking back on those good memories and knowing that like you gave her a really good home to to live in, you know, it's sad either way. My, my dog that uh, my wife and I adopted when we moved up to Washington, um, like literally within like the first two years, I think we we moved up here and the first apartment we got where they were like, okay, yeah, you can have a dog. We were like, yeah, we're going to go get a dog. 
um she made it she made it 10 good years and then she, like she she passed really suddenly and from like a random terrible thing and i'm still like that was a year or two ago and now i'm just i'm still broken up about it it's hard to get over but you yeah. love these things to death man and, and when they go it's it's hard to fill that hole in your heart yeah anyway uh dude it's super cool that you adopt dogs like not even this isn't for content or anything like there are just so many animals that need homes and they're, they're also like kids that need homes. Like I grew up in a foster family. We fostered a little girl. Uh, it ended up not working out for the adoption. There was like blood relatives that wanted her to, but taught her to walk, taught her to talk, taught her to like oh, wow, be man. a little human. That's awesome. Uh, so when it comes to kids, when it comes to dogs, when it comes to cats, like when it comes to any thing, like adopting is cool and yeah. Respect, man, for sure. I I, I like that yeah. you do that too. That's that's really cool. Yeah. I I had a feeling also just coming into it, knowing the kind of guy you are. I'm like, yeah, that dude adopts dogs for sure. Yeah. You could you can tell immediately. It's like <laughs> absolutely. He's also he doesn't care about uh, purebreds. He's also a slumlord. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I am sitting here, man. I'm I'm a mutt. So yeah, I, I'll I'll give into some mutts too, and yeah, I have a little mutt family. Um. um <laughs> bringing it up though a little bit uh from that i actually wanted to ask you because i mean getting to know you better knowing that you adopt dogs that's awesome but another just like get to know you question i had for you what is like the thing that you because i'm going to be going on vacation here pretty soon in like a month or so yeah. what's the thing that you bring with you uh like on a trip that that you need to like Ooh. distract yourself great great question uh it's going to sound funny, but I actually normally bring my phone with me because I'm doing like fantasy stuff on the side or I'll, I can still write and edit from my phone as I'm doing like last word on sports stuff. I'll just be like, yeah, somebody's got an article up. Let me just like figure out the kegs, get it read and send it up. Uh, so yeah, normally it's my phone, but if I had to bring something other than like phone wallet keys, shout out to Adam Sandler for the amazing song, Phone Wallet Keys. Uh, it's probably, I'm going to say like workout stuff. Like I like to go for a run in new places. I like to go for a jog, figure out what's going on. If there's a weight room, experience a new weight room because like every different room has its own feel. But uh, what about you? If you go on vacation, what do you bring with you? So it used to be like my laptop. I used to like have a gaming laptop and bring that everywhere, but it's, it's so like heavy that I just, I got over it at a certain point. My big saving grace was finding, uh, finding the Nintendo switch and, and getting that all, uh, set up with, with some sick games to play that that's really fun. You feel a little silly. I mean, at least I do sitting on a plane playing a Nintendo switch. It feels a little weird, especially when you're flying next to strangers. It's like, oh, are you going to watch me play Zelda? Like, uh, that's a little odd. Uh, but you know what? What's the uh, two things that I definitely don't bring uh, to an airport is guns. I don't bring loaded guns. <laughs> oh man, are we are we just hopping into this? Shout out to uh, <laughs> Jack Jones, who uh, I'll, I guess I'll break the news. He brought two guns, not just one. You heard of two chains? Jack Jones' new name is Two Guns. One uh, gun ain't enough. He brought two guns to an airport. He's arrested on felony charges and he will not be playing Zelda at an airport anytime soon. So he made fun of Yamarant for bringing guns around. And now that was a freezing cold take. Uh, any thoughts on Jack Jones or his one reception for one touchdown this uh, last year? Uh, I mean, what what a choice to make uh bringing not only one loaded gun but two uh and then the part i really likes is that he pled not guilty which i find i mean i guess you have an nfl lawyer um should be a pretty pretty skillful lawyer but also pretty cut and dry man you brought two loaded guns to an airport i don't know what he's expecting like you yeah. you can't be caught randomly bringing guns like no you brought firearms to an airport it's open and closed what defense could he even possibly have like 
what Nothing. like what is he gonna Nothing. even say what's his lawyer gonna say a, a lawyer took his case and had him plead not guilty like that did happen we've already spent more time talking about jack jones than i ever wanted to so if you want to move i have i have two options would you like to move to a potential sponsor or would you like to move to the bill's leading receiver well well let's talk sponsor but i do just want to give a quick thank you to jack jones for allowing me that brilliant segue of asking you a get to know you question and then just getting right into the news just amazing hey what do you want to bring to an airport uh firearms <laughs> but anyway uh that crack was bush light if anheuser right, cheers, buddy. Like to for us cheers <laughs> i'll take it i'll take it yeah let us know yeah. <laughs> But moving on to our second point, uh, Diggs is reportedly unhappy with his role in Buffalo. It must be terrible being a top five receiver in the league mm, and a yeah. top three most targeted receiver in the league. Do you think that there's anywhere he could go that he would be happy or he's just going to be repeatedly unhappy until he wins the Super Bowl? This is kind of shaping up to be who he is, unfortunately. I, I bet he doesn't want to be known as disgruntled Stefan Diggs. I don't know if you watch uh, Gridiron Heights, that little YouTube cartoon, but they have the running joke where every single year they have a different clip of Stefan Diggs being disgruntled. And it's just disgruntled Diggs. It's just, it's who he is. So I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. He, what did he get? Like 1,500 yards and like 12 touchdowns last year? Yeah, he finished as like a top six or seven wide receiver. So look, I mean, brutal, he's brutal. In, in one of the best situations possible. The the thing I heard that was kind of disputed by uh, Ian Rappaport uh, was that he was upset because there was the like the money restructure where he was told that they were restructuring his money to bring in DeAndre Hopkins. And then that obviously didn't happen. And he was mad about that. But when you dig into that, and again, I think Ian Rappaport already like kind of dismantled this. When you dig into it, it's not like he took a pay cut. It's just he's getting more money now. Like he's getting more upfront money, which is like always a good thing, I thought. So I don't think that can be it. I don't know what else it could be unless there's just like a weird personal beef thing going on that we don't know about. Yeah, I think it's just Diggs is not pleased with his role, but despite being in the perfect situation. But um, there's nothing else to really say about Diggs. He's just going to continue to be a wide receiver diva. Maybe this is the Terrell Owens of our time, but is there anybody there's all of this camp hype, just like floating around trying to figure out, you know, we heard Logan Thomas is going to be the next Travis Kelsey. We heard Isaiah Pacheco is the next Jamal Charles. Like, is there any camp hype that you're truly buying into or is it just that one? That one is true. That one is true. Pacheco, th that one is true. Yeah. That one will okay. happen because I'll, I'll send you three first for him real quick. In every, yeah, in every uh, league last year in all my rookie drafts, I took Isaiah Pacheco in the fifth round where I could get him. So I have like a million shares of Pacheco. So he's going to be uh, the next Jamal Charles for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of have been saying it show to show that like all the OTA stuff, it's so easy, I feel like, for people less experienced with this scene to look at OTA stuff and look at training camp hype and be like, Ooh, this means something. But until those pads come on, man, I'm just, I'm watching it. I'm looking at it. I'm reading the tweets. I'm just not buying any of it. Um, the only thing that I'm kind of raising an eyebrow about right now is just the positivity surrounding Jordan love right now. Uh, you know, I still am not I'm not going to come out there and say it like that Jordan Love's going to be amazing and and light the world on fire. I think the Packers uh, would definitely be under some sort of investigation for witchcraft if they actually managed to get three caliber, like awesome quarterbacks starting for them three times in a row. I, I just don't believe it. it's possible. Um, personally, can he be decent, though? I think he might be decent. And. When you have like his uh his I think it was Jair Alexander, the the top CB coming up and like going out of his way to talk in praises and say how good he's at he called him the best QB in the league, which I know is obviously hyperbole, but he's saying it. So like either he's okay, I get it. You're not gonna talk bad about the your guy, right? He he's your starting quarterback either way. But if he stinks, like if he really stinks, 
Jair Alexander is going to be like <laughs> talked about for that. It's going to be like, hey, remember when you said this guy was the best QB and he freaking sucked? Like, so I that kind of made me pause for a minute, seeing like just everyone talking his praises and and especially when his top CB comes out there and, you know, says he's the best. It's definitely got me peaked interest a little bit. Yeah, Jordan Love definitely met like the minimum requirements for his teammates to be excited about him. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean that we should all be excited about him, but this is a great note for dynasty players of any caliber of any rank. Like when you hear camp hype, this is an opportunity for you to find that dude in your league that buys into it way too much and be like, Hey, did you hear about Gibson? He's the new McCaffrey. Hey, did you hear about Jordan Love? He's the best quarterback in the league. And then <laughs> pair them with a first, move up a full three to four tiers and like get you that stud and just continue to move on with your life. And like worst case scenario, Jordan Love is a top 10 quarterback. Best case scenario, Jordan Love flames out of the league and you sold high on him. So just, you know, do that with a grain of salt. Uh, I didn't add this next note in our show notes so i'll let you take the lead but speaking of biggest news of the week you want to break it yeah man i mean this literally just uh popped up on my timeline as i was getting ready for the show tonight uh turns out there's a little bit of a police investigation happening uh down there in miami for one tyreek hill for an alleged assault on a marina employee um i got a little more uh new or a little more info about this, rather uh, digging into it a little bit. Uh, I guess his crew was trying to board a boat and the Marina employee was like, no, don't do that because you can't board this boat. And Tyreek Hill came up behind him and slapped him upside the head, like in the back of the head. And uh, I guess the, the employee is not pressing charges at this time. So there's that. There does seem to be an alleged video, though of this assault which you know how the nfl likes to see their violence on videos i was gonna say this is tmz's whole business model is yeah. nfl players committing assault on video mm-hmm. yep I, I just think back to like kareem hunt which obviously that was a bad situation you don't want to see that happen um it was a little bit like i don't know mild in terms of like violence on video like being like put out there in, in my opinion, at least, I mean, I've just seen a lot worse from other NFL players and them getting like less punishment than I feel like Kareem Hunt got. Uh, but I feel like the, the point is the video, I think really plays a big part in this kind of thing. If the guy doesn't press charges, probably goes away, like maybe a slap on the wrist, maybe. But I, I think if there's video and if the guy changes his mind and is like, oh, wait, I actually didn't know this guy was an NFL player. Yeah, I'm definitely pressing charges. <laughs> Give me a million dollars, please. Uh, that could be bad news, man. That You don't, you don't yeah. want to see that. You don't like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, so on a scale from one being like, I flick your nose on video to 10 being the Kareem Hunt punting a human being on video, like how bad is it? Um, I'm not entirely sure but it it seems like it lies somewhere in the middle i mean especially if the guy goes out of his way i mean the information is out there that he's not pressing charges and he doesn't seem yeah. injured um it sounded it, from what i read it sounded like he basically tyreek hill came up behind him and slapped him upside the head like in the back of the head so it seems a little it seems pretty mild yeah like generally speaking okay. so maybe nothing to worry about but something to keep your eyes on for sure if anyone is sort of panicking about this maybe a shot to go get Tyreek Hill I mean he's coming off yeah. of like the best wide receiver season ever so if he faces no punishment you can get him for a little cheaper yeah. based on this news might be a Shoot good your shot I mean might as well yeah but I think that covers all of the news we have for the week I believe um, so speaking of people that need a slap on the back of the head Tennessee Titans yeah do man. they have a quarterback who so we're going we're gonna to run through AFC South yep. as part of this division town that I have signed on to after the fact, which is a horrible yeah, name, but we're, I'll talk to Corey about that after the time. We're halfway through it now, man. We're, we're in downtown division town now. We're, we're, <laughs> we're driving towards the outskirts, but right now we're in the middle of it. We're, we're just, just we're seeing we're all the sites. We're driving in 
to yep. downtown division town. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the man. Tennessee Titans know who their starting quarterback will be for 2023. And if you had to like put your house on the line, who is the starting quarterback in week six, not week one, because that's probably Ryan Tannehill, but week six, who you got? I think personally, it will still be Ryan Tannehill. Um, I've been saying this, I think, uh, the last couple of weeks on the show. Um, I think it, I think they're just going to ride Ryan Tannehill until the wheels fall off, man. If he gets injured, totally. I, I see a role for, uh, for Will Levis to step in there um, over Malik Willis, who there are reports coming out to say that Malik Willis is the QB two right now, um, which is interesting, but I bet that will not last uh, in my opinion, but uh, there were reports last year that Mason Rudolph was the quarterback two in Pittsburgh. So, you know, week six will roll around and they won't care about who the, the quarterback two was. They'll just put in the other guy. I distinctly remember for the Steelers that there were multiple reported QB ones going into the season where it was, <laughs> oh, no, it's, turns. oh, it's Trubisky for sure. Oh, no, no, no. It's Mason Rudolph. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, Tannehill with his contract, he, he's he got the, you know, he's got the experience. I, I don't think they'll go away from him and just like outright bench him unless he, I mean, even if he goes like zero and six, they they might just leverage and be like, all right, well, we'll just do this till like the teen weeks. And then maybe we'll throw a rookie out there and just kind of do a tank season. Um, but do you have a differing opinion? Do you think it's going to be a, a Will Levis takeover? Let's say that they're either trying to compete or they're gunning for the number one overall pick. Either way, to start the year, they have the Saints. That's probably an easy dub. Chargers, Browns, Bengals. Hmm. Okay. You're telling me after that string of games, they're still going to feel like really good about old Tanny boy. I know you said easy win for the Saints. I'm not even so super sure about that. And I'm not saying yeah. that the Saints are any good. I'm just saying that the Titans, I mean, the big thing with the Titans, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little more as we progress through this, but the main thing with them, man, is I really truly believe that they might have the worst O-line in the league. I, I think it, it at the yeah. very least it's bottom three. It might be the worst. It, it could very well be the worst. So if that's what we're dealing with, um, <laughs> Titans are pretty much a, a stay away spot for me personally. It sucks for Burks. Cause I love Burks, but if he's, if Ryan Tannehill is operating under that line, if Will Levis is operating under that line, if Malik Willis is operating under that line, I am, I'm pretty petrified about everything involved with them. Yeah. So after that string of, very like we'll call them medium difficult games but like they're pretty difficult then they have the colts and then the ravens back to back which it's the colts it's a division game the ravens should be primed for like a big step forward that almost spells recipe for disaster that they can walk into week seven maybe not week six but they can walk into week seven either one and six or two and five which sounds like let's put the rookie in, see what we have. I could, I could see it. Um, I, that is possible. Uh, man, I just, I guess when I look at it, it, it's probably going to be a lot of Derrick Henry, right? Uh, behind yes. a bad O line. Um, yep. and at that point, like what, what do they really, what are they going to expect is going to be, I guess they might just do it to see what they can throw out there and see what happens. But I, I think that if they are in the yeah. mentality of let's win games, they're going to stick with Tannehill. If they choose to tank, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a mix up. But um, yeah, let's keep moving through this thing. Um, Burks, I just mentioned, I mean, he he's kind of like you were saying, I think last week, he's sort of a breakout candidate for a lot of people. Um, but like I said, man, I'm just really adverse to the Titans. Um, I don't think there's a piece on here that I really want. I think Burks is a great piece to just like kind of cling to, see if they figure it out in the next year or so, because he's still young. He could still have a breakout eventually. I just, I don't think it's going to be this year because I think everyone's going to have a really time operating. Um, and they're probably just going to try to give Derrick Henry 30 touches a game and try to win. No, I think perfect scenario for Burks is that it's 10 L the whole year. And then Levis takes a leap forward next year. 
I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be Tannehill struggles in the first six to seven games. Uh, Will Levis gets thrown in into the flames and struggles. And then it's going to be Burks and then Chig are both just hurting because rookie quarterbacks do not support one or even two pass catchers. Like I will probably link a show in the show notes uh, or sorry, not a show, a uh, article article in the show notes. I wrote about what rookie quarterbacks do for their pass catchers. And it's, it's not pretty. The best scenario is that they set a rookie record, which do we think Will Levis is going to break Justin Herbert's record? I mean, doubtful in my opinion. Um, it's almost the best case scenario. Like you almost want, if you are a Levis believer or owner in Dynasty, like you almost want him to just sit for the year and and kind of like get his feet under him and learn as much as he can from Ryan Tannehill, even though Ryan Tannehill isn't going to teach him anything because he doesn't believe in mentoring the next QB or something. Uh, but you almost want that for him, right? Like you want him to sort of get accustomed to everything because he still seems very, very raw. And I think that's what led to his slide a little bit into the uh, second round. Um, but yeah, like you said with Chig too, like I know that he's kind of everyone's phenom, like young uh, possible breakout tight end. I'm just, man, the Titans, man, the Titans O-line is trash and Ryan Tannehill isn't that good. And I just have a really hard time seeing him support uh, many weapons there. And if it's Will Levis, like you said, even worse probably for those weapons. So I'm just a big stay away for the Titans. If you can like, if you're clinging on to Derrick Henry, I mean, he's kind of the last bastion of hope you have on this team. Uh, he finished like RB three or four in a lot of leagues last year in, in PPR of all things. So that was great to see, but dude's going to be 30 pretty soon here. Like in January, uh, he just had a pretty terrible foot injury, which I don't know if you know about feet, but they typically don't age well, uh, especially after being fractured at 30 years old. So that's not great. I mean, how long do we really think that Derrick Henry can keep it up? Uh, without sounding like a foot guy, I think that Derrick Henry will be completely okay. I think that he's borderline immortal. I think he has one more good season left in him. But I also think that Ty J Spears is criminally, criminally undervalued. This team spent a day two pick, which means that's a four-year contract. They know that their premier running back is running on fumes at this point. So they're probably planning on cycling out and or trading Henry at the deadline and then just rolling with Ty J Spears into the future. And even if he only lasts four to five years, that's plenty of window for a running back. So I think Spears is underrated. What do you think? So I, I like Spears pre-drafts. Again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it all comes back to that O-line for me. Do I want anything on this team? Not really. Derrick Henry, like you said, borderline immortal. That's cool. If you have him, probably ride him into the sunset and and hope for the best. But I think that he has succeeded despite the bad O-line for the last couple of years because he is a absolute wrecking ball of a human being. Kaiji Spears... <laughs> could be pretty good like i i'm not disputing that i liked him like i said pre-draft but do i think he can overcome the worst o-line in the league i don't i don't think so i don't think i wouldn't bet on that but i also think that he's gonna get all of these touches and damian pierce just showed as a fourth round rookie that these guys can just get all of the touches and finish as a top 24 back so if tyjay spears in 2024 gets all the touches He's going to be the guy unless the Titans are weird and they draft, you know, the next Raheem Sanders. I probably said that name wrong, but there's all of these guys coming up. Braylon Allen. If I remember right, like there are these dudes that can be mm. the dude yeah. like Corum. Who's my boy. Yeah. But I think that we have talked more about the Titans than I'd like to. So you want to talk about, you, you get that queasy feeling like in your tummy, like talking about the Titans. So yeah, let's move on to a more exciting team here. I like, I do like how you structured because this is, I'll, I'll kind of break this into the pod. This is the first time that I did not set up the show sheet. Uh, you you set up this show sheet and you did a great job doing it. Um, but the one thing that is, is messing me up here is I've always uh, alphabetically sorted the teams. And I like the way you did it because it means we're going to be going in a little more of like an up-down trajectory 
when I sorted yeah. it alphabetically, it always tended to be like, you start like pretty good and end really bad, or you start really bad and end really good. But this is a little more mixy matchy, and I like that. Um, but let's let's yeah, let's move on to a little more of an exciting team with the Jacksonville Jaguars because they've got a guy in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he is, as you put it here, uh, hot. <laughs> uh, he, he is, uh, yes, I, I mean, kind of, kind of not uh, really disputable. He is, he is quite hot. Uh, I mean, long flowing blonde hair. He looks like Thor out there. 20 bucks is 20 bucks. I'm not going <laughs> to dispute that. <laughs> hey man, if I'm, all I'm saying is if Trevor Lawrence wanted to give me a kiss on the cheek, I'm not going to say no. Uh, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, this team really took a step forward last year. Uh, Trevor Lawrence really came out there and, and played in the playoffs and had a record setting comeback against the chargers, which was awesome and terrible for the chargers and their forever cursed franchise. And that sucks for them. But, uh, Trevor Lawrence is good. I think, I think he's shown that now and he gets Calvin Ridley, which is nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he is kind of firmly planted into that elite seven that we talked about last week for, uh, quarterbacks in a, in a dynasty startup. How high do you have him in that elite seven though? Yeah. Uh, I would say this is just shooting off the cuff. I would have to probably read what my last article was, but I, I think I firmly have him top six to seven. Uh, at the same time, his ability at the goal line is, only matched by Jalen Hurts. There's a specific play that I think of where he snapped the ball and he dunked it like he was yep. Joel Embiid, like just literally over the top, like a grown man among kindergartners. He's so, so long, he, dude. He's a really long dude. That is a heck of a sentence, but he <laughs> is just, he's an athlete that can also support two to three pass catchers that can also take pictures for Maybelline. So there's nothing not to like about T-Law. The only issue is the Jaguars still have a little bit of a funk around him, but Doug Peterson's clearing that up. The sky's the limit. I don't think he'll ever break into the top three situation, but he's firmly in the top 10 for the rest of his career. So what do you think T-Law up or down? Totally feel that. Yeah, I think that the chances he breaks into the top three are pretty slim. Um, right now, I think he is going in that like five, six, seven slot uh, in like the dynasty startup scene. But I could see him being firmly planted into the five slot, uh, especially if he with Calvin Ridley uh, implanted in there. I could see him taking a, a step forward um, even more so than he did last year, which is kind of exciting to to think about. I mean, you, you think about this guy, he went into the worst situation possible, I feel like, as a rookie QB uh, with, with Urban Meyer at the helm, kicking his kicker, and uh, it's such a weird story. Uh, but yeah, I think that they're they're definitely doing things right over there. Uh, Dougie P is a guy, is a coach that I, I believe in. I think he's a good coach. Um, so yeah, I think that all, all signs are pointing up for the Jags. Uh, I like this question, though, because when you look at these wide receivers, you you were just saying he can support three of them. But the top three dogs here are Ridley and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones kind of uh, on the side there, although Zay Jones had a pretty good year last year. Um, in terms of these three guys, though, like, am I crazy for thinking that I still like Kirk out of the three? Because I feel like Kirk's my guy to go to out of these guys. I am just waiting for the time that we have a podcast that we disagree and we yell at each other. Mm. But in my mind, I almost think that it's Kirk and then it's Zay Jones slash Ridley. Like they are probably in the same tier for me. Ridley hasn't played ball for a couple of years. Even when he was playing, he was playing in a bad offense with zero other weapons. Their best weapon was Olamida Zacchaeus, which I'm, the fact I looked up how to pronounce his name should say enough. Bravo. Uh, I think it's Christian Kirk. And then yeah. maybe it's Ridley. There's B reporters saying that he moves different, but I just, there's not a lot of precedent for guys that take two years off and then come back and dominate the league. I think he'll be a useful weapon and that's good for T-Law. I don't think that he himself is worth where he's going in startups and in redraft right now. So it's Kirk. 
Here's here's a thing about Ridley that's always kind of bugged me. I'm I, I might need to fact check myself on this, but I I I thought I've looked it up before, and I think this is correct. His year where he was like uh wide he was like wide receiver five, um one year, and I'm pretty sure that was like one of the last Julio Jones years. And so in my mind, I feel like that's like Julio Jones taking a lot of pressure away, opening up Calvin Ridley. I agree. I think. Do we remember that Juju Smith-Schuster was like the wide receiver four to six with Antonio Brown getting triple teamed every play? Yeah. Like if, if you think Ridley is a top 12 dynasty asset, go for it. I don't. So yeah, I I completely agree with you. Uh, Here's something that we might not agree on. Um, Evan Ingram, I think besides (laughs) Christian Kirk, I think Evan Ingram is the other guy I want in this receiving game. I don't think I really want Ridley or Zay Jones as much as I want either Christian Kirk or Evan Ingram. What do you think? What are we paying for the tight end? So one of my enduring like dynasty tips for people is that if you're not getting Kelsey Hawkinson and like maybe Pitts and Andrews, obviously, but if you're not getting one of those top three to four guys, just don't pay up for him. And I think Ingram is in that, like, he's clearly the five to nine, but it's not worth paying up for him. Like, you're going to have to spend either an early second, maybe a late first. Maybe you're going to have to give a every week start at wide receiver. Like, that's the whole mess of things you're going to dive into to get maybe a one-year starter. I don't believe in tight ends other than the clear studs or – the young guys and like, yeah, I'll shoot a third to you. What do you think with that? Like you, you believe in Ingram? I, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. The, the tight end slot is definitely frustrating. I feel like though, if you are just missing tight end to go and possibly win your league. Um, yeah. I think I would send a second, like a competing second to try to go get Evan Ingram. Maybe you can't buy him for that. I haven't really tried that hard yet. Um, but if you're really just having that big empty hole in tight ends and you need a guy to go out there and win this year, I think Evan Ingram's going to have a pretty good year personally. So I, I, I would be okay with sending a second if you can get him for that. Maybe you can't, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. If he falls into a startup draft, he's another guy that I like to get, but like you said, uh, paying up for one of those middling tight end guys, never a great idea in the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but okay. Moving on from the receiving game here. Do you want to talk a little bit of ETN? Because here you have fantasy pros. Fantasy pros has them at RB seven. Is that real? That's RB seven for dynasty. So that incorporates his age that incorporates his longevity. So here are my thoughts with ETN. Did the coaching staff that is on staff now draft ETN. No, that was a big Urban Meyer pick. Did the coaching staff that is on staff now draft Tank Bigsby with a day two pick? They sure did. ETN ranked 22nd out of all running backs in his pass grade, which is something that PFF gives out. Uh, Tank Bigsby was a top 5% all-time in target percentage out of college. Ooh. So it sounds like ETN just lost all passing down work. The guy's name is also Tank, so he can probably take goal line work and short yardage work. So I'm a little worried about ETN long-term and as long as Tank is in the offense – but what, I mean, what do you think? Do you think ETN's the guy or do you think that we should all be worried? Well, here's the crazy thing, right? Is that ETN was no slouch of a pass catcher either. They just straight up didn't use him like that last year. He never had a game where he had like more than three targets. Um, it was actually a bet that I was joking around with Evan last year of making one that you could always bank on is if you found the ETN line at over two and a half uh, receptions in a game, you pound the over because he's going to get three almost every single time. It was exactly three. So, you know, that's, that's not really great for his long-term like uh, profile for, for being the pass catcher, especially when they bring in a guy that 
excels at it like Tank Bigsby, who he, I mean, like you said, I think he had like a 15, 16% target share in his last year. So that's awesome. Uh, 30 receptions. I'm looking right now. That's great. Uh, it's five more than I personally is like my benchmark. I want to see 25 and I'm looking at 30 right now and I'm loving it. Uh, yeah. And this is Doug Peterson. Like I said, this is Doug Peterson we're talking about. He does this. He mixes in these running backs and gives them different roles. So yeah, I think you do have to be a little scared. Look, I still like ETN. I think he's a good talent. I think they'll probably give him the majority of the carries, but yeah, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't blame anyone for being like, uh, this is a little scary for his uh, total value in terms of the receptions that he can bring to the table. Yeah. I, I don't even think it's a total receptions. I think it's a clear commitment from the coaching staff that they want to bring in a guy that can catch the ball and do something with the ball after the catch. ETN had a great receiving profile coming out of college because he had that chemistry with T-Law. And it's weird because it's still T-Law. It's still the design pass plays, but he's dropping them now. And like, I don't know what is happening that he has just forgotten how to do what his mainstay coming into the league was. But Bigsby comes in with this huge receiving profile from a bad offense. So if it's a good offense, I'm a little worried that Bigsby might take the lead role. And I'm going to say that out loud. That sounds scary to say, but like ETN has the first round draft capital. The coaches are supposed to be committed to him. But I think Bigsby in 2024, 2025 could be the dude, not just a dude. Okay. I, I want to I want to say two things about what you just said. And then I think we need to move along here. Uh, yep. Cause I think those are all the talking points, but just to end on this, um, I think you can look back to last year and spot two games that have a glaring indication of, of what we're saying here about Tank Bigsby at least coming in there and being the pass catcher back is that Jamichael Hasty, <laughs> the one game that ETN got hurt, I think it was like week 12 or 13, uh, played against the Ravens. Jamichael Hasty had six receptions, double what ETN ever had. And then there was a game later where I think ETN was even playing, but Jermichael Hasty had five receptions, which was, again, two more than ETN ever had. So I think that's, you know, it's two games. But I think in those two games, you kind of see the picture being painted here where they want a guy that can do that for the team. Um, and if they think Tank Bigsby is that, I mean, they spent a decent a, a chunk of draft capital to get him, then, yeah, I think that is likely to happen. Um, but the other thing is we have to remember here, ETN lost a whole year, okay? And he is coming up pretty soon here on either either they're going to extend him or they're going to give him uh, a new contract or they're going to franchise tag him. And I don't think that it's necessarily out of the cards that they just kind of let him go or trade him or something like that. So I don't think you're as much as I want to disagree with you because I think it's more interesting podcast. I don't think I can necessarily disagree with you about the tank big CP take here. All right. Well, let's move into our next team because I'm going to give you something that I think we can disagree on. Okay. CJ Stroud. So we're going to talk about the Houston Texans that we're moving into right now. Um, I think CJ Stroud was a great college prospect and a great draft prospect. But there's the nature versus nurture argument. I think he's already a bust because of where he ended up. Corey, Mm. thoughts? Oh, man, it's so tough. Um, So before the Anthony Richardson kind of revelation where uh, he suddenly was inflated into the news, into the stratosphere of being this top of the first round uh, drafted guy, way, way back when, I was a CJ Stroud number one QB uh, coming into this class guy. And it's so tough to get off of that pedestal because I was so ingrained into it. Um, but yeah, it's it's really tough, man. The Texans are a really, really bad spot. I mean, they get a little bit of a revitalization with uh, D'Amico Ryan's coming in there to be the coach. I think he's a good defensive coach. I think that's nice for them. But just look at the landscape, man. 
how good does CJ Stroud have to be to make his supporting cast work in his favor? I think he has to work really, really, really hard to make those guys shine because they're all kind of meh. Like they're every single one of them is either meh or they're below average. Um, It's, it's Robert Woods as their like incumbent number one wide receiver, his first year on that team, which is also scary for like a 30, 31 year old wide receiver that just tore his ACL. That's scary. It's got to be a really uphill battle for CJ Stroud. It, it definitely sucks, man. Uh, because I really liked him. Like you said, I think he was a great prospect. He was my number one QB before I got hooked on Anthony Richardson, but I just don't see a world where he's not going to flounder on a just suffering Texans team. Uh, it sucks to see, but it would be really surprising to see him excel this year. Yeah, I, I think there's no world where he finishes as a top 12 quarterback. Mm-mm. And there's there's likely no world where he finishes as a top 18 224 quarterback. I think he's just stuck in the 24 to 32 range. He's going to be a streamer. He's going to be a bi-week fill-in. He's going to be a super flex Hail Mary play. It's it's tough for him, but when we talk about him, it, it can't go without mentioning who you said is number one wide receiver is maybe Robert Woods. Like, do you think there's any hope for Tank Dell? Do you think there's any hope for John Mechie? Do you think there's any hope for Xavier Hutchinson? Like, who is the number one wide receiver in this offense? John Mechie is the only one that I'm, like, a little intrigued by just because he was drafted highly and he obviously lost a year, but he looked pretty good in college uh, and then obviously suffers a, a bad stroke of luck getting cancer. Um, that's, that's no good. If he can't, if, Hey man, if he can come back from cancer, we've seen cancer survivors come, come in and rock the world, but shout out to James Connor. Shout out to James Connor. We are a James Connor podcast here, apparently. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I, I, and look, I'm rooting for John Mechie. I I really do like the kid. And I think it would be great to see him come out there, but we're talking about maybe John Mechie and then a bunch of nothing because I don't think Tank Dell is going to excel in an NFL level. I think he's too small, too slow, doesn't have it. Xavier Hutchinson taken in the sixth round, don't have a lot of hope. Robert Woods, basically one foot in the grave right now, being 37 years old. Uh, so yeah, man, it's a tough scene. I think they're really going to go the D'Amico Ryan's uh, uh, credential here is he's going to take a lot from the 49ers playbook and he's going to pound the rock. I think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see a lot of Damian Pierce. I think they're going to run him into the ground. And when the wheels fall off of Pierce, I think they're going to get Singletary in there. And it's just going to be a litany. I mean, I st- I think they still have like Rex Burkhead. I think they have a million RBs on the team. I don't I don't care if they have Rex Burkhead. I don't care if they have, what was his name? Dare Agumbuwale. Like mm. Dare Agumbuwale. You, you respect that name? <laughs> I feel like I, I thought I nailed it. I'm sorry. Shout out. Dare, there, whatever your name is. Love you. Uh, between Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary, who is going to score more PPR points? Or are both of them just going to be such a wash on a bad offense that it's not worth even drafting? Oh, I think it's going to be clearly Damian Pierce, and I don't think he's worth drafting. <laughs> so both, so kind of both things that you said. I think it's going to be clearly Damian Pierce gets the majority of everything, and he's still not going to be worth having, on your, especially where you have to draft him. I just don't. I don't like it. Not into it. I think he's going to be replaced next year, most likely. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, just to briefly say, when you ask me who the number one receiver is, if we're not talking pure wide receiver, and this is disgusting, I think it's Dalton Schultz, and I'm not happy about it. It doesn't excite me, because I don't think Dalton Schultz is that good. I just threw up a little in my mouth. Yeah, I mean, that's the right reaction to have. It's gross, and I hate it, and it's probably true, and I still don't think it's going to be worth a lot. That's absolutely brutal. So uh, tight end stink, receiver stink, running back. You want to take a, a shot of sunshine here and, and get to your boy? Oh, are we are we moving on to I, the Indianapolis Colts? I could not get us out of the Houston Texans faster. I let's can okay. we go to something happy. Can you can you just lead lead me in real quick and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you 30 minutes of sunshine. <laughs> yeah, I think we have 30 30- yeah, we definitely have 30 minutes for you to talk about <laughs> the number one QB prospect of this year's class, Anthony 
mother freaking Richardson. Okay, so picture this. You have the best measurables ever. He's faster than Cam Newton. He can jump higher than Bijan Robinson. He has broken more tackles than 99% of running backs ever. He can throw the ball 75 yards while sneezing. He's attached to Michael Pittman, Shane Steichen, amazing coach, Alec Pierce, deep ball threat, Josh Downs, the slot wide receiver. The offensive line has to get better. Jonathan Taylor is allegedly fine at football, I've heard. And now that quarterback, he's not even going 101. He's just going 102. You don't even have to trade up to the 101. If you do, good for you. Good for you. Just go ahead and take him anyway. Because Anthony Richardson will be the most highly sought-after rookie in 2024 when you look back at this class. Bijan Robinson's going to have a great year. He's probably going to finish as a top five running back. Anthony Richardson is going to finish as a top 12 quarterback, and that is worth more in your pocket than your dollar bills, than your credit card, than your debit card, than your rewards card at your local coffee shop. Anthony Richardson to the moon. I have no further comments. I literally wrote down this is 30 to 40 minutes of Anthony Richardson propaganda. And I'm going to cut it short in the name of the podcast. Corey, do you think that this is justified? Well, here's what I'm going to say Uh, right off the bat. I think this 30 to 40 minutes of Anthony Richardson propaganda, as you put it, I think that will be its own episode down the line uh, where I will just allow you to go off on it because I'm sure Look, I, I think that is a little bit of hyperbole, but I don't think by much. I think that no, I, I want to see could do go. it. I, yeah. I, I want to see film, it. I did a full film study on him. I think yeah. he's the best thing since sliced bread. And I, I can't state that enough. He's further along in his passing development than people want to give him credit for. And he's further along in his running development than Justin Fields was at the time that he came out and he broke the rushing record for rookie quarterbacks. Like, there are so many opportunities for this guy to score fantasy points. Like he is going to be a monster, a monster for fantasy. Maybe like redraft. Let's pull the brakes back. People are drafting like quarterback eight. Let's chill out. But that's very much in the range of possibilities. He's got a pretty nice little schedule here too, actually for a year one ramp up. Uh, we're talking about Jags, Texans, Ravens, Rams, Titans, Jags again, Browns. These are all games where Anthony Richardson, if he does come out there and has learned to use his legs and get stuff done, I, I mean, we could be looking at a winning Colts team here come week 10. Colts might win the AFC South. I'm not joking. Another note with the Anthony Richardson propaganda. He is going to crush personally the Anthony Richardson like fantasy numbers. But when we talk about supporting pass catchers and supporting his running back, I would fade all of those people mm-hmm. because he's going to run for 15 to 30% of the yards. He's an amazing athlete. He is probably the coolest guy to watch with the ball in his hands since Jalen Hurts, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson. like He looks like Michael Vick if Michael Vick had access to anabolic steroids. This mm. guy's insane. So You, you ever uh, get down on like, uh, Batman, like Batman comics, TV show, all that good stuff? Yes. Um, you know how Bane started out as like a skinny little dude? Yes. I feel like you put Tyler Murray in the Bane yes. chair and give him Venom, and yes. you have Anthony Richardson. You stick Kyler Murray in the Captain America super soldier serum and he just grows eight inches, becomes likable, doesn't, isn't addicted to Call of Duty anymore, and is a top 12 quarterback for the rest of your life. You shoot Kyler Murray with a beam of gamma radiation and he yes. bursts into the Hulk that is Anthony Richardson. You won't like me when it's COD season. Uh, <laughs> Pretty good. So... 
he's not going to support his pass catchers. Like fade Michael Pittman, he's going to the top 24. Fade Alec Pierce. Mm-hmm. Fade Josh Downs, especially in rookie drafts because people are impatient. Everyone's taking Josh Downs in the second or the third. They're going to give up in it, on him after a year. Go buy him next year for a fourth or a third or pick him up off of waiver, off of waivers. Like there are opportunities to get these guys later on that makes more sense with AR's timeline than buying them right now. Yeah, I think this almost becomes a pseudo Ravens-esque situation where on the Ravens, you basically want Lamar Jackson and, you know, Mark Andrews has established himself as well, although, you know, he's still a tight end. Um, But I think this is a very similar situation where you want Anthony Richardson and not much else. I mean, JT is pretty good at football, but, you know, like you said, Anthony Richardson is going to take a lot of those rushing yards. I think with rushing QBs, you think like he's going to open up running lanes, right? I think that's the big benefit that you get here is maybe JT benefits from rushing lanes being opened up because teams are kind of fearing the Anthony Richardson takeoff. But what this really plummets is JT is going to get very little check down work because every time Anthony Richardson panics and needs to do something because the pocket is collapsing, not going to give it to JT. He's going to take off running for 50 yards. So I did a little bit of a study into what it looks like for rookie quarterbacks or rushing quarterbacks and their running backs. The quarterbacks that run with the ball the most will elevate the game of very bad running backs. So when you talk about like, this is no shade on Miles Sanders, but like he wasn't setting the world on fire ahead of time. All of a sudden Jalen Hurts comes in and that team feeds the ball to him with good rushing lanes. Like if they are below a top 36 running back, all of a sudden they get elevated in the top 24. If they're already a top five option, they get downgraded to just barely a top 24. Sorry to everybody if you're hearing my (laughs) washer or dryer go off. Uh, It has the longest player in the entire world. So I never had a washer that did that, where it like plays a little song when it's done. I always just had the burr, like loud buzzer. But this, <laughs> yeah. like this uh, apartment that I'm in right now has one of those and it freaked me out the first time it went off and was playing a song. I was like, where is that coming from? And I couldn't figure it out until I opened the washer dryer door. And I'm like, oh, okay, you do that, I guess. <laughs> it's just so funny because it keeps going and I'll be like, no, you're done. Like I'll even go up and click the button and it keeps going. Do, 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 do. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Anthony Richardson's good at football. Jonathan Taylor will not finish as a top 10 running back this year. Ooh, and wow. It's not even like that hot of a take, like go okay. back through all of the rushing quarterbacks. Christian McCaffrey finished the highest with Cam Newton next to him. And that's Christian freaking McCaffrey, not you know what? Yeah. I do have, funny enough, uh, a little embarrassing, but I'm going to throw it anyway. Uh, on Send my it. computer monitor, I have post-it notes all over it about like Send different it. things to talk about. And I have my top 12 RB post-it note right here. And I have uh, Mr. Jonathan Taylor here as RB10. I said outside the RB10, so just drop him down one more. Take whoever's at 11, move him up one. You know what? I was thinking about swapping him with... Uh, with Harris anyway, that that should make Najee? you smile, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, there's no there's no planet where Najee doesn't finish this. I honestly, not the homer in me. <laughs> He's gonna get the majority of the touches. The offense has to be better. He's gonna get the checkdowns because his quarterback's not that athletic. I think he's gonna finish this RB seven or six this year. Okay. You, you know what? That is actually the first time I think that. I've heard you say something that you and Eric agree with. Ah, lovely. Eric has Najee as a, I think he has him as five on his RB rankings. Yeah, but he also has Anthony Richardson as a quarterback 67, so. Yeah, well, that's why he's not allowed on the show anymore.
he's so, so long, he, dude. He's a really long dude. That is a heck of a sentence, but he <laughs> is 